All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease now through December 26th. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, he makes the magic happen for WFNZ in Charlotte. Also, Sirius XM Radio, not to mention the College Football Country podcast. He's our good friend, Josh Parcell. Hi, Josh. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Hey, we're great. Uh, let's let's get right into it. Let's talk about this playoff chase, Utah, Oklahoma, Georgia. Uh, we can get into Paul Feinbaum's comments uh, as well, but what do you think about how this is all playing out? Well, you know, it could be very anticlimactic on Saturday if Georgia goes in and knocks off LSU. I think then we have our four pretty clear cut. Uh, I think it's really going to be fascinating what happens between Utah and the Big 12 champion, though, guys. I know that's all you you guys can think about right now. I just think that this reeks of yet another example of why the four-team playoff is not enough. I, I just think there are going to be at least one, if not two, teams who will be left out who absolutely deserve a chance to compete for the national championship. And because 13 guys and guys and girls and in a boardroom are going to you know make up their minds one way or the other it's going to unfairly leave a team out i i hate that it could be utah i hate that it could be oklahoma i hate it for all the guys that that are going to be on the outside looking in there's a lot of really good teams this year yeah there are three who are probably in a class by themselves ohio state lsu and clemson but i just hate that there's going to be a couple teams left out this week who probably did everything they possibly could have done to give themselves a chance and a shot at the title. So, Josh, Jake asked a really good question earlier in the show. It's this. What what measure, what criteria does the 13-member committee use to make these decisions? Well, I mean, they, they certainly judge the, – they're supposed to judge these teams objectively. They're supposed to judge them without looking at brands and logos and history, tradition, recruiting classes, and, and just judge them based on their body of work for 13 games this season. And, you know, there, there's obviously all sorts of analytical measures that they use, strength of schedule and, and all sorts of things there. And then there is, of course, the all-important eye test and – you know, the funny thing is, is you know, I can come up with an answer for you here, but the committee has clearly used whatever criteria is convenient for them when they make that final decision. That's week to week throughout the year, and then also when they get to the final call at the end of the year. I mean, if you remember back in 2014 when Ohio State beat Wisconsin 59 to nothing in the Big Ten championship game, they jumped over Baylor and TCU, and it was it was an eye test kind of deal, right? I mean. That was what the committee used, but in other years they they will use strength of record or game control or head to head. It it feels like the committee just uses whatever is convenient to justify whoever the four teams are that they put in. Out of the undefeateds, uh, Clemson, uh, LSU, and Ohio State, who can afford a loss in their championship games? Well, absolutely, LSU. I mean, LSU has so many high-quality wins. I don't think there's any doubt that if the Tigers lose, they'll still get in. Uh, you just think about whoever is competing for that fourth spot, whether it's Utah, Oklahoma, or Baylor. None of those teams have the number of top 15, top 20 wins that LSU would have. It's, it's an incredibly impressive resume. And also a loss to Georgia isn't exactly anything to sniff at. When you start comparing the losses – 
Utah's loss to USC. It's not a bad loss, but it's certainly a worse loss than to Georgia on a neutral field. Same thing for Oklahoma, whose loss was to Kansas State. Baylor would be the more interesting one, but Baylor's only high-quality win would really be against Oklahoma. So LSU just has so many more wins stacked up. LSU can definitely afford to lose this week, as long as they don't get embarrassed. And I just can't see something like that happening. They're, they're playing too well. Uh, I think Ohio State can also afford a loss. I mean, no team has been as dominant as them. Top three in the nation in scoring offense and defense. That's just as complete of a team as there is in college football. If they lose this game this weekend to Wisconsin, they'll still have beaten every team on their schedule. And the top 20 wins that they have, which is plenty, will all be by double digits. I I find it hard that they could leave Ohio State out even if they lose this game, which would be weird because you'd be leaving out Wisconsin in the Big Ten champion as well as probably two other conference champions at the same time. So, Josh, uh, as you presumed, we have been talking a lot about the Big 12 and Oklahoma going up against Baylor, six versus seven in that title game, and the Utes going up against uh, 13 Oregon. And we, we, we're kind of paranoid to the point where we have a feeling that Oklahoma might jump Utah if they do beat uh, Baylor. What happens if Baylor beats Oklahoma? Man, that is such a good question, and I believe that it should go to Utah. Uh, if you look at Baylor's non-conference schedule, it is atrocious. Stephen F. Austin, UT San Antonio, and Rice, I don't think they should be rewarded for that. And by the way, they barely hung on to beat Rice by eight. Uh, I just don't know that Baylor's resume is all that complete. Utah has been much more of a complete team. I mean, you're looking at Utah having, as you guys know, having thoroughly beaten just about everyone on its schedule. Uh, or rather, uh, Baylor hasn't done that. I mean, Baylor has struggled not only against a team like Rice, they, they barely got by a mediocre Texas Tech team. They, they struggled with West Virginia, TCU. It was a miracle that they beat TCU in, in multiple overtimes just a few weeks ago. This TCU team, or rather this Baylor team, just doesn't have the look of a top-four team at any point this season. I, I can't point to one game that they've played where I say, yeah, that team can win a national championship. Utah has played several games like that, especially down the stretch. I mean, dominating, blowing out all this, these teams. Say what you want about the Pac-12. It, it's got some teams that are at least competitive, and Utah hasn't made it look that way. So I just feel like Utah over Baylor should be an easy call. Oklahoma's a little bit more of a compelling case just because the Sooners do have, you know, they'll have three probably ranked wins, at least two if not three ranked wins uh, on their resume. So, yeah, I, I would say Oklahoma certainly has a case. Baylor, I really – I might be wrong, but I would not worry about Baylor if I were you guys. I would, I would be rooting for Baylor. Josh Parcell with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. About the game itself on Friday, Utah-Oregon, how do you see it? I gotta say, I like Utah. I, you guys have just been more consistent, uh, start to finish this season. Oregon is really good. I know Oregon's got a terrific defense as well, uh, and they are battle tested. They played in plenty of big games themselves. But I just look at Oregon offensively; it hasn't quite clicked uh, consistently. Like I said, start to finish for them. Justin Herbert has been really good, but you saw him struggle in that Arizona State game. You've seen him have some uh, erratic moments throughout the season. 
I tend to lean Utah here. I think Utah is going to keep Oregon out of the end zone. I think they're going to create some turnovers. The pressure that they're going to generate on Herbert, I think, will lead to some short fields, one or two, not many, but I think that's enough. And I I just think this Utah team is on a mission right now. I I know Oregon's a really quality team, and it's going to be a close game, but I really love the versatility of Utah's offense combined with what I believe is the most underappreciated defense in America at Utah. I hope that they come out on uh, uh, this weekend and, and prove a lot of people wrong because this team, to me, has the look of a top-four team, and I think they'll prove it on Friday night. The whole idea, Josh, of these non-conference games and the importance that they carry as far as giving one team an advantage over the other, you talked about Baylor having a, a really easy uh, uh, go in that regard. But the flip side to that is Oregon. If Oregon hadn't gone back and played Auburn, They'd have yeah. just one loss, too, right now. You know, so uh, if you're a scheduler, I don't know. This is just sort of hocus-pocus. I, I don't know what the right answer is. It is funny. It, it has helped teams in some cases, and it's hurt them in others. Like, remember a couple of years ago when Ohio State beat the Sooners in Norman, and then Ohio State lost a game later that season, and it actually helped Ohio State get in. So those games can help you a lot. I remember um, there have been a couple of instances of teams that have played poor non-conference schedules, and it has hurt them at the end. Baylor was a perfect example. Baylor back in 2014 had an awful non-conference schedule. The rest of the year they looked great. The one loss was to TCU, but Baylor was left out, and a big reason why was their schedule was so weak, especially out of conference. So it is funny like you point that out. It, it can help you as much as it can hurt you. Um, but I think for Oregon and teams that are scheduling strong out of conference, I think it's a risk worth taking because you, you win that game, it gives you a little bit more margin for error within your conference schedule. And I know Oregon, you know, they blew that game, but let's think about this. If Oregon had the one loss right now and hadn't lost to Arizona State, yeah, the win over Utah is tremendous and it would give them two high-quality wins. They would probably be in over Oklahoma, but we would still be having that debate regardless. So I think has you know it, it, it it's one way or the other. It's ha- or half dozen one way, half dozen the other. I, I just don't know that it's there's there's a, a strict strict formula that teams have figured out just yet on how to crack the playoff committee code. Well, Josh, uh, it should be fun to watch this all play out at very least. Josh, I wanted, uh, it, it absolutely should. No matter what Paul Feinbaum says. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about his comments. We were told that you heard them. What did you make of uh, it's Utah? Uh, the country doesn't want to see the youth. I think Paul's actually right. <laughs> I, I think that generally speaking, we talk about television ratings and, and what's going to have the most sex appeal for the playoff. It isn't Utah. The, the diehards, the people who really follow the sport, I think they would love to see the Utes in here because they'll appreciate how good of a team they are and they're a deserving team. But the brands that that drive college football, that is Oklahoma. And if the Sooners were to win, that's going to be a really close call between those two programs. Oklahoma is a team with national championship pedigree. They've got by far the biggest star of either of those two teams, Jalen Hurts versus anyone on Utah. I love Zach Moss. I love Huntley. I love those guys. But Jalen Hurts is one of the three biggest stars in the country right now. So, yeah, when you talk about drawing revenue and, and, and ratings and excitement for the playoff, I think the the television network ESPN, that they would want Oklahoma to be in. Now, a purist who watches these two teams and says which one deserves to be in more, 
there's a compelling case for Utah, but drawing in the casual viewers, it's a much easier sell when, when you've got a, a brand like Oklahoma. I hate that for Utah, and I don't think that should factor in whatsoever to the final decision. But, yeah, I mean, what Paul Feinbaum said, while it might sting, uh, I do think that it's actually a pretty fair judgment. Well, Josh, thank you as always for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. Enjoy the football this weekend. No doubt about it, guys. You all have a great weekend. You too. All right, that's Josh Parcell, WFNZ in Charlotte, Sirius XM uh, College Football Radio, as well as the College Football Country Podcast. That goes to the branding stuff we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, something that we're uh, – and we, you and I had discussed whether that's what he was really getting at or whether it was just a matter of some stere- old stereotypical thinking. And I think it's a mix of both. Mm-hmm. I do. I I think fine moms is stereotypical. I do. That's that's just my opinion on it. Hmm. I mean, how could you how could you watch Utah at all and have that opinion? Just dismiss like that. Well, you can't. Seriously, I mean, you know, I'm no Ohio State fan, but I've watched them enough that you can't just <laughs> go, oh, Ohio State. I mean, because they're Ohio State. <laughs> I mean, I've watched the game. Yeah, I've seen pretty it, good. I've seen it play out. You know. I saw Utah smash Arizona State, who's not a bad team. We saw Utah beat Washington. You know, we saw Utah smash UCLA, which isn't a particularly good team, but they're probably better in Arizona. And Colorado had a couple of nice wins. They smashed them too. I mean, we they they've done enough that you can't just throw them in the dismiss pile. Right. Like back in the day with Boise when they made a living off winning one non-conference game right. and then basically beating a team in the bowl game, I can see how they can dismiss that. I I can. You can well, okay, you got up for one game. Congratulations. But I mean, I don't know. How could you not watch what Utah's doing and just dismiss like that? Just oh, Utah. What? Well, uh, one thing I'm hopeful of or for is I'm heading out to cover this uh, Pac-12 championship game. I'll be there. I'll be watching it with my own eyes, Jake. If the Utes win that game and they don't get in the playoff, I hope for the sake of this team and how good this team seems to be that the Utes can have the time of their lives at the Rose Bowl. And it's a terrific bowl game. I don't know how this thing is going to all play out, but if the Utes win and they don't get into the playoff, I hope that the fan base will be energized and have the time of their lives down there in Pasadena because it's a terrific bowl game. They'll have a quality opponent down there. So we'll we'll see how it all turns out. Uh, One thing that has concerned a lot of Ute fans is the Oregon game first. Hmm. (laughs) Obviously, they have to win that one. And Oregon, I I mean, I know they didn't look good against ASU, but that's not a bad team. That team's pretty darn good. They are. All right, um, we're going to get Jazz pregame underway, top of the 6 o'clock hour. Coach Chiesa in the house, getting you ready for the Jazz and the Lakers. But more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.